Welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And today I'm going to talk about not regretting the past. I mentioned this yesterday. It's part of the promises for the sobriety program that I am in. Um, And I just wanted to talk a little bit about my experience as far as uh, walking into my sobriety program and seeing the promises on the wall that uh, one of them says, you will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And I looked at that and I probably looked at it, shook my head, looked at it again. And I was like, I no, there's no possible way that that's that's going to be the case. There are things that I have experienced in my life that there's no way I won't regret that. Um, And I think what I've learned is I don't regret it. It's not that I'm happy that it happened. I still have a, a... a healthy respect for what is right and what is wrong and the fact that, um, you know, in all honesty, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Um, However, I understand now that the pain and the shame and the guilt that our feelings that come out of the other side of doing something that I later would regret um, leads to, if I look at it at the right angle from the right perspective, it leads to a learning experience. And I know um, there are times that there are some pretty astronomical situations that people get themselves in, especially um, as an active alcoholic. And I can't speak for anybody but myself, of course. And, um, and I know that the experiences that I have had um, through my program, I've learned how to seek education, you know, seek learning from that to make my life better today. In the program, we call, we call things like coming into the program as the gift of desperation. Now we get to the point where we just can't manage our lives and, um, and we can't move on, you know, we can't, we can't keep looking backwards. We can't move forward. And, um, and so we really come into the program desperate. Well, when we come in, we see these promises on the wall. There's 12 of them. And, um, and as we go through the program, through willingness and consistency, as I said yesterday, they begin to come true. Um, As a newcomer, I doubted all of them. You know, there's 
there's uh, some references to financial security and um, knowing what the word serenity means. And it, it just sounded like a bunch of bullshit to me, really. But I've learned over time that if I'm willing to show up and I'm willing to to experience this this sobriety program and go through the motions, whether I want to or not, uh, there are certain synchronicities that that begin to unveil themselves and and we're able to start finding meaning from our own suffering and um and honestly at the point that we start feeling regret you know when we first get in the door and put down the drink and start feeling regret that to me is is a sign that I'm open to change that um, I'm willing to change I'm willing to recover and uh, and so although it feels negative I believe that it is a crack in the door to uh, start a new way of life and So living through something um, like alcoholism or like my stroke, if I look at it from the right perspective, if I look at it on any given day, I may look at it differently. But my goal each day is to look at it from the angle that's going to motivate me and make me feel more powerful because I lived through something, through two things that a lot of people die from. And having gone through it, having gone through the lowest of the low as an active alcoholic helps me to be empathetic to those that are still suffering. Having experienced a stroke myself, I, I am more empathetic to those that, that have suffered as well, no matter what the symptoms are that they came out of it with, whatever impairments that they're experiencing. I feel like these, these experiences that I've had that I'm now in recovery for, um, really ignite a shift in my faith in so many different things. And they help me to appreciate 
life. They've helped me learn the process of letting things go. They've taught me how to seek help from other people, to practice acceptance. And they've taught me a lot about the grief process. I don't think that before I got sober, I ever properly grieved anything. I think that it's important to to grieve, but also make sense of that pain and make sense of that that suffering and and find ways to transform that pain and suffering into something constructive in our lives rather than something destructive. So talking about regret, uh, regret to me means that I'm wishing that I made different choices. And as an active alcoholic, it's important to acknowledge that alcoholism is a medical issue. It's not a moral issue. And it's, it's an interesting place to be when you get sober and you're working these steps and you're looking at your role in things, your role in relationships, your impact on other people as a result of your drinking. Because I wish when I was drinking, I made different decisions. But alcoholism is a disease that impacts our ability to make decisions. So if alcoholism is in fact a disease, which I am taught that it is, then I, of course, would have made different decisions if I could have. It's not an excuse for the decisions that I've made in the past, but it is an explanation of those decisions. And although it's a disease, I'm still responsible for the decisions that I have made, the wrongs that I have made. And it is my responsibility to, to go back and look at those, acknowledge them, and make, make right what I can. Um, you know, the courage to accept the things I can. And uh, what is it? The serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There we go. I got it.
there are people in the world that go on living after just unimaginable tragedy and somehow they're not consumed with shame guilt you know how do they do that there I was I heard a story today I, I hate even saying it out loud because it's just so tragic and sad about a mother who was drunk driving and her child was killed in a car in the car accident and there are people who you know their spouses leave them their families leave them they're homeless their health is irreparable how do they go on how do they not collapse into regret you know regret is one of the many things that can cause an alcoholic to start drinking again and that's why we go through these steps it's one of the many um, feelings and that we have to look at and dissect and and take action do something about it so how do we learn from something that we've regretted our whole life? Um, regret is a sign of being ready to heal and to change. I can only take action today. What I can, what I can learn from the experience and I can add value to someone else's life that that's all I can do I can't I can't go back and change what I did so it's it's taken me several years to recognize or find a way to turn that desire to go back and change the past off to remind myself I can't do anything about it let it go you know looking back it's like I'm trying to think of an analogy it's like uh, <laughs> I can't think of an analogy it's like looking it's you know you're walking down the street and you look behind you, you know, you can't, you can't turn around and do redo, retake the steps you've already taken. You can only take new steps in front of you. And so how do we look at the past, but not feel guilt, shame and regret, and instead learn from it in order to make today better. One of the things to keep in mind is, are the memories your, of your past, you know, whatever trauma or, or whatever you're regretful of, 
is it distorted over time? Um, an example, a simple example is that um, quite often after I do a an episode for this podcast, I'll go back and listen to it to make sure like there are times when I'm afraid I, you know, did something that disrupted the sound or I just want to make sure the that the sound was working the whole time or something like that. And there's sometimes I go back and listen to it and I'm like, ugh, I was like, uh, 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 um, and so, you know, like just using filler words the whole time. And I'm, I'm thinking that was a terrible episode and I'll go back and listen to it. And it wasn't at all, you know, if I, I feel like while I'm talking, I'm losing my train of thought a lot and saying the wrong words for things. But I'll go back and listen to it and it sounds fine. It sounds like nobody can tell that I was losing my train of thought. Um, That actually happens more often than not. I don't know if any of you have noticed that I'll replace a word with the wrong word. I do it here and there and I've listened to it and I've heard them. We should have an Easter egg hunt for (laughs) for people... uh, uh, being able to point out the words that I say wrong. Um, anyway, um, but I'll go back and listen to it and it sounds fine. So my memory of what I experienced is distorted. You know, it, I, it's going through some filter of lack of self-confidence filter kind of thing. So what I want to challenge us to do is to look at something that we regret and turn it into a story with a happy ending. So it's kind of like worrying, you know, worrying is finishing the story um, in whatever way you can because you don't know how it's going to end. You know, you don't know what the future is. So you finish the story in all different ways. And, and a lot of, a lot of times we finish the story in a negative way. So regret is like looking back and we build a story around what we could have done. It's like looking back in the past and thinking, oh, I did this wrong. So I'm going to tell myself a story of how my life would have been if I had done it right. So an example I have is I have always regretted not going out for theater in college because I was really good at it in high school and I won awards and everything and then when I got to college I decided that I was just gonna party and drink and if I were to go out for theater then that practice time would have inhibited my drinking time so I didn't do it And I've always regretted that. And as I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking of things that I regret. And that is one of them. And um, it's a simple one, you know. And 
I found that when I looked at it and I thought about why do I regret that? And I was really analyzing like what is my thought process around that? And I the way that I put it together is that I'm building a story around what would have happened in my life had I made a different decision back then. And I make this, these stories up. Of course, I come up with multiple endings. You know, I come up with one ending. Well, I could have tried up for theater and then, you know, I would have spent my whole college career doing theater. I wouldn't have been in my sorority. Um, I could have pursued acting as a full-time, you know, career and, you know, I'd be a star. You know, there's one, there's one ending to the story. Or if I would have done theater, then I wouldn't have gotten involved with this guy who broke my heart and lots of stuff and that led to so many other different uh self-confidence issues and stuff like that so you see I'm I'm taking something that didn't happen and making up a story of how much better my life would have been had I made a different decision back then and so what I think that I need to do and and you can practice this with me is is take that thing that you regret making you know making the what you think is the wrong decision and and come up with the happy ending from the decision that you actually made so we can we can figure out how one decision ended up leading to all of these negative things but how about all of these positive things had I not had I actually tried out for theater and then did not uh, join my sorority I would not have been involved in um, you know I was the treasurer of the Panhellenic Council I did um I did lots of service work in my sorority, um, you know, lots of other beneficial things that came out of that, that I actually added to my resume. And what if that wasn't on my resume? Would I have gotten my first job out of school? So it's, it's trying to rewrite that story of re regret that we've been calling regret. Um, also, it's important to acknowledge that regret is a part of the human experience. Regret helps us gain perspective and it helps us focus on what actually matters in our lives. It, uh, it allows us to thoughtfully pursue solutions for the future. You know, all we have in our past uh, are the 
experiences that we face and that is what we use to to base our decisions on for the future and you know spend some time to think about what things have happened in your life that if that had not happened then you wouldn't have made a, another right decision later on in life. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch as a parent, to watch my kids. All I can do is, is give suggestions, you know, to tell them about my experience what I've learned from my experience and, and give them a suggestion for how, um, how I think they could handle a situation that they're faced with. That's all I can do. And, um, and beyond that, it's their job to, to gain a past to gain experiences so that they can learn from them as well. It, it wouldn't be, you know, what's the fun in life if we don't get to fail? Uh, failure is what makes us grow. And it's, we, we can learn from our own experiences, but what I've learned from my sobriety program and what I've learned from my brief introduction to stroke, a uh, stroke recovery program is that we can learn from each other's experiences. But the key is that we have to listen to other people's experiences and trust that it is, that is real. That is a real experience that they had and they've already tried it once. So why do I think if I try it, and do the same thing, it's going to end differently. Um, so anyway, these are just some thoughts that I've had about regret. And um, it's practice. When it comes to regret, it is practice to, um, to really be able to, to not regret the past and, and yet not wish to shut the door on it either. There are things that I look back at uh, still after seven years of sobriety that I look back at and I'm like, I'm disgusted. I'm absolutely disgusted by my behavior. Um, but I don't want to shut the door on it because it reminds me of why I need to stay sober today. So that's what I've got for you today. Um, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.